Just a note, I mentioned Jason's notes a time or two in this episode, so I want to clarify it for you real quick. Jason Futch hosts a podcast called From the Vault, and he covered Camry's case. He was generous enough to give me his notes to look over while I was waiting for documents to arrive. So thanks, Jason, for that collaboration. I appreciate it. You should check out his podcast, From the Vault, for more coverage of this case and other cases from that area. Tell me how long she had been living with her father before she went missing. Um, she had been on and off staying there because um, her brother also stayed there prior to that until he had moved out. Um, it was it was an on and off thing because she would come stay with me. Um, then she'd go then, and I'm not sure whether you know this. I don't know what whether you know about Danny's. Yes, right. I know about Danny. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, you know, she stayed with him. Um, so just staying with her father full-time was not a... She didn't stay really anywhere full-time. That's kind of what I was getting at because when they found her car, there was a lot of stuff. It, it, she said she was packing because she was trying to get away from her dad, too. Or trying to get out of that house and because she, she was ready to get her shit together. Yeah. Yeah. And so it, that's, it was sort of a breaking point moment for her. She, she knew that it was a problem with her staying at her dad's then. Well, yeah, and, and she had just gotten out of jail. Um, I wanted to ask you about that. So I think in Jason's notes, he said that Danny went down with Andrela to bo- uh, bail her out or bond her out. Is that correct? Yeah. yeah. How did they know each other? That's another. That's another thing that I wanted to know. Um, I'm thinking that maybe because Andrella would come pick her up sometimes at the gas station. I guess that she worked at uh, the one that Danny ran or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm assuming that that's how. But I mean, I didn't understand why they both needed to even be there, like to to bail her out. I don't understand why they both needed to be there either. Yeah, that seemed <laughs> strange to me. Danny was someone that she married that he just wanted to basically get his green card or whatever to live in the in this country is that right that's right okay yes. it was just a business basically relationship did he pay her or something is that what happened yes okay yeah. and then she worked in a gas station um that he owned that was one of her jobs yes okay but we don't know the relationship between danny and andrelo and why they both would have been together going to bail her out the day that she got out no. Okay. They had to have known each other somehow for them both to be there. What's the reasoning, you know? Exactly, exactly. Um, yeah, because I had I had I could <laughs> I had spoke with Danny um previous to this for to her from her getting out and told him, Do not get her out. Right, because she was because safer in there, not doing drugs and being there to dry out a little bit, right? Exactly. I understand. Yeah. She was safe there. I was gonna get her some help. I, I had had enough. Um I was ready to fucking Take care of it. Yeah. And um, so I told him, I said, don't don't get her out. I said, um, just let, let me figure out what I need to do. Because that's when he called me, he told me, he said, you know, I'm, I'm going to get her out. He said, but I don't, I, she needs to come stay to your house because she, she's not going to come to my house because she's stealing. I said, no, don't, don't get her out. I said, because I need to figure out what I'm going to do with her. So don't get her out. But, uh, so... That might have been what happened. He went to do it, 
And Andrelo showed up knowing he was going to, because maybe he and Andrelo had contact. Maybe Andrelo called him trying to ask where she was. Um, Danny had told her, well, I'm going to bail her out. Andrelo said, I'll meet you up there because they left from there that day, I think, and went to the pain clinic. So Andrelo probably wanted his his person who was going to get him the pills. He wanted, didn't want her to, to, you know, run off. He wanted to immediately take her to go get the pills to the pain clinic. Yeah, because she messaged me that morning that she got out, and then, oh, my God, my heart hit the fucking floor. Where? What time did she message you? Huh? What time was it? She messaged me at, like, 4 o'clock in the morning and said, Ciao time! And 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 that's the last time you heard from her? No, no, I, that, was, that was the morning that she got out. And how many days before she went missing was that, one or two? It was a couple, yeah. And... It was, uh, the day she got out was like the 23rd, the 22nd or the 23rd. And did she tell you that who was coming to pick her up? No, she, um, no, she did not. Hmm. So she got out on the 22nd and then was gone on the 25th. See, Andrelo has, has motive to bail her out because she, he needs her to take her to the pain clinic. I don't right. know why Danny would need to be there. I, other than the fact that he had to pay to get her out because maybe Andrella wasn't going to pay to bond her out, but Danny Singh owed her money. Oh, did he? Okay. Maybe that was it then. Yeah, because he, he supposedly, she supposedly got $5,000 for marrying him to get him his green card. But I don't think he paid her all, all of it up front at once. So she may have called him and said, okay, I need you to bail me out. You owe me money. And then um, obviously Andrelo's not going to fork money over to bail her out if, if he if he knows that this guy owes her money. He may have said, you owe her money, get your out. He could have made him come up there, you 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 know, or he was just aware and met her up there. But obviously he met if he met her up there, it was because he didn't want Camry getting away from him. What he wanted was, I'm grabbing her right out of jail and we're going up to the pain clinic. I ain't letting her, giving her a chance to go home and do this and run around and whatever. I need her today because she's, I haven't been, she's been in, how, how many days was she um, in jail? She was in jail from the 13th to the 22nd. So almost 10 days. Yeah, and so that means for those 10 days, she was out of commission and she couldn't do anything for Andrelo. No, and oh my God, I was, I was, I wrote her a letter, told her that I was, um, I was putting my foot down. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, she wasn't going to get out and I was going to get her some help. Yeah, but you did the right thing. That would you know. I know that it doesn't feel that way, but that would you would have had to do that either way. My mom would have done the exact same thing. There's a point where you have to say no, don't do this, and you know you did the you told him don't take her out. I don't want her out because I don't want her out there running. I've I'm handling this, and and he probably told Andrelo that, and Andrelo probably said no. We need to get her out, you know, because he didn't need to bond her out. Um, Danny, because no, we knew she was safe in there. She right. Didn't have to worry about a place to stay. Danny didn't need to bond her out. Andrelo's the one that needed her out. Yeah. Do you know how long Camry had been working with Andrelo on this sort of pill scheme before she went missing? I'm gonna say probably maybe maybe um I'd say maybe four months or so. Roughly. 
and do you know what it what the what the actual deal was? Like, did he? He took her there, obviously. He took her to the pain clinics. Um, he paid for the appointment, I guess, and the medications. And what was the deal? She got some of the pills and he got some of the pills? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so... That's, that's my understanding. Right. I mean, she wouldn't do it for nothing, Let's first of all, obviously. So, right. so there had to be some deal. And if right. she's using and she's dependent on these medications herself... I don't think she's going to make a deal that that involves her not getting any of the pills. That doesn't make sense either. Right. So somehow they have some deal, and that basically is what leads to this whole whole story. That's why it's important. Um, so that this just lead up to the so the days that before she went missing. We've talked about her um, them getting her out of jail, and she told you that she was packing and wanting to get out of her father's at that time. So there's sort of a lot building up. Um, how spotty was her phone service there where her dad lived? Was it hard for her to get calls out? Yeah. Yeah. She, um, she texted me a lot from there off, off of her phone. Um, pretty much that's basically how we contacted each other pretty much because, you know, she really didn't have very good service out there. Okay. So on Friday the 24th, it's, it appears that he, uh, Andrelo took Camry to the doctor in Tampa to get her prescriptions. Um, yeah. then... At that same day, um, from the notes that I have, she, I'm, I'm not sure on whether, see, there's two different versions of her father's story. One of them says that he went, she called him to pick her up. Um, Andrella had dropped her off on the side of the road or something. Another one, he adds to the story and he says that she and um, Andrello's girlfriend, had gotten into some sort of, they were arguing or something. She calls her dad to pick her up. So it sounds like she was either at the house or was with them and, and at some point um, had to call her dad to pick her up. So she obviously wasn't in her own vehicle. So it appears that however they got those pills from her, her portion of the pills, um, Camry felt that they were taken from her. Whether they snuck them out of her purse and she didn't realize it till she got out, some way she believed that her portion of the pills were taken. Her father and I don't get along, first of all. Um, second of all, when I asked him about what happened to Camry, because he was the last one to see her, he told me that I needed to talk to the police. Hmm. And they could tell me. He didn't want to divulge any information to me because he knows more than what he wanted to tell me. Okay, so that's, but that's, I mean, that's what I believe. So none of this got divulged to me by her father. None of it was told to me by her father. I kind of got a secondhand information from her brother mm -hmm. um, that anything like that had even transpired. Or when I had called to talk to find my kid, and if I had known all of that, I would have called the police sooner and said, look, you know, something's up with my daughter. Right. But I didn't even know any of this until it came down to the point, okay, my daughter's been gone a week. What the hell? Right. Exactly. You know? So you, you didn't come into the story until after this is all had all transpired. So I, yeah. that I get all that. I understand. And it looks like from what I'm reading, he, he has talked to police multiple times and it looks like he didn't divulge all the information in the beginning. And I think my guess would be is because he's a drug user as well. He was not wanting to share his information. He was only wanting to deliver it piecemeal. But because he's had some issues with the law, they've brought him in and questioned him a few times. And then the story has become more details have come out since. Now, I saw in some of Jason's notes that you had mentioned possibly 
um, Turtle being one of the people that was there. What do you know about that with him? What do I know about Turtle? Yeah. Um, he's related to, um, that was a name that was told to me, I think, by her dad or by her brother. And how did um, they know that name? Because that he had said his name when he was there. They said that he said his name while he was there. And they said yeah. someone's, do you remember specifically what, how that was, how someone said his name? Like, was it? Uh, the, only thing, the only thing that I can remember, somebody said turtle. Okay. So then that's when I started trying to find out who the heck turtle was. So somebody, so you got that information from Camry's father or brother. One of them right. said that the name, one of the names that was said was Turtle. That or it could have been when the, um, one of the police had told me, you know, what had transpired that night and, and that um, maybe, they had made, maybe they had asked me who, if I knew who Turtle was. Well, it's possible that they can hear th things on the 911 call too. If a name was said, you know, and at, at that at that scene, and she was on the phone. The nine one one operator could have heard it, and they have that recorded. Um, Turtle took a lie detector test, and um, they they said that um, it, it came back deceptive. Now, whether that just means he knows more than he's telling, um, we don't know. I don't. He maintains that he and his wife have alibis because supposedly they both had probation officers that knew where they were at the time. But again, I don't have their alibis flat out because I don't have all that documentation. So I will tell you that um, Kevin Allen showed a lineup of pictures, um, including the cousin that lived at, um, at the grandmother's house with Andrelo. His name is And they showed a lineup of pictures that included his and, um, and Uncle Mark. And Mr. Mitchell ID'd this Uncle is one of the people that was there. But uh, that confuses me because Camry knew him. Camry knew right. him. And I, I, either she, she, she didn't put that in the police report. That he, She said when they asked, she said that um, when he showed up, he showed up with someone um, she thought named Eric. One of, them, one of them was named Eric. That's all she knew. Now... The other reason why this thing is confusing is because um, did speak to police briefly. I think he was definitely trying to distance himself. And um, he said he was friends with Camry and um, that she had even stayed at his house before. So he definitely knows her. And Turtle's wife actually met Camry one time and it was in Tampa at the Payne Clinic parking lot and had driven her there. Um, and Camry's dad said that was one of the people there with Andrelo that night. But then the question is why Camry didn't say he was one of the people. Exactly. exactly. Um, and got a long rap sheet. So um, I definitely wouldn't put him past him being there. The other thing I thought of is if they were friendly, it's possible they were friends. It's possible that she did stay over his house. It's possible that they did know each other and she didn't want to put his name in that police report. The other one has not been ID'd. And I don't know how Turtle's name came into all this um, because he's not mentioned as someone um, that was there that night. 
So that's just part that I've gotten as that's far as weird. that. Now, what? That's if, weird. Yeah, it is. How, 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 how else do I come up with that name? That's what I'm. That's what I'm saying, and that's why I would kind of like to know how the two of them knew his name Turtle, um, because that maybe it was both of them. Maybe it was and Turtle. Maybe they were both there. I, you know, who knows? Um, but the one that that Camry's dad ID'd was now. So then I'm wondering if it didn't come from the 911 call. That's that's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking that it's possible that if he was there, someone said, you know, Turtle, get in the car or something or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, it's possible yeah. that happened. There's an incident that I want to mention. I discovered it while doing my research, and it kept coming back to me as I tried to wrap my head around who was with Andrela that night at Camry's dad's house. While searching the county court website for documents related to other offenses on the uncle whose name I keep beeping out in this segment, I found a police report from 2012. So one evening, a Florida Fish and Wildlife Conservation Officer, who was working a wildlife management area, noticed a vehicle sitting off the road at the back of a clearing. He originally thought it was an unoccupied vehicle. On further inspection, he realized that the vehicle was occupied with two individuals, one who was, let's just say, performing a friendly act upon the other and that other would later be identified as Andrelo's uncle. The report reads, quote, The couple continued with their recreational activity as I sat in my patrol vehicle, positioned just a few feet away. I activated my emergency siren to get their attention. I am certain said recreational activity ceased immediately upon the participants hearing that loud bleat cut through the evening air. The officer proceeded to the vehicle and requested their ID to confirm their ages because the female appeared to be very young relative to her male counterpart. Both individuals provided false names and birth dates. Interestingly, Andrelo's uncle actually gave Turtle's legal name and his date of birth. I didn't know this, but apparently law enforcement has a system called David otherwise known as the Driver and Vehicle Information Database. It affords the officer immediate retrieval of driver and motor vehicle information, which apparently includes pictures, because upon running the names, the officer could clearly see that Andrelo's uncle's face didn't match the picture of Turtle that the database chucked out, associated with that name and date of birth. To make matters worse, the car reeked of pot and both individuals had active warrants. The individuals were both charged with giving false names and the uncle was charged with possession of cannabis. Now obviously the part of that story that interested me was the fact that Andrelo's uncle had given Turtle's name when he got jammed up and whether anything like that had played into the incident at Camry's father's house. Since both Turtle and his uncle's names have been associated with possibly being present with Andrelo that night. On Sunday, the next day, it says, um, in Jason's notes, say, according to phone records, uh, Camry's father had contact with Andrelo by phone and talked to him for 14 minutes, as well as texts and calls between him and Stephanie. And what do you know about those calls? Um, I don't, I, the only thing I know is that he is, that he talked to Andrelo Witcher for 14 minutes. Okay, so what did you talk to him about? And he didn't tell you what he talked to him about? No, the man would not tell me anything. 
And is it your understanding that he called Andrelo or Andrelo called him based on the phone records? Um, he called Andrelo is what my understanding was. Okay. Because in one of his reports, he says he had called Andrelo and said, um, I'll, I'll make right whatever she took. Don't hurt my daughter. And his version of that story is that, um, so he wakes up the next morning, he had passed out. He wakes up the, the next morning outside by his truck with pills all around him. Um, and he didn't know what happened and his money was gone. He said, tried to say that he thought Camry took his money. See, what happened is he had, he hi would hide money and pills in his truck even said that they would take pills and stuff from each other. And, and people who use do that. They'll hide stuff from each other because they don't want it to get taken by the other user. So that makes yeah. sense to me. I don't have any proof that he had money in his truck and then she took it or someone took it. But he's saying that he woke up the next morning after this happened, after, after Camry left around midnight, he went out to his truck to look for these pills and the uh, money and something happened, came over him and he passed out. So... I don't know what this, you know, his stories have not been consistent is what I'm saying. Um, no, they're not consistent because, first of all, the first story is, is is what he tells everybody is, is that Camry stole his pills and his money. So he's making you think that she's off on a little fling. You know what I'm saying? Right. There's, there's, no, there, there's no danger. There's no nothing like that. She's just off on a fling. Well, no, she's not just off on a fling, you dumbass. Yeah. Um, when did you first learn that Camry had gone missing? Something came across me on the 25th when I couldn't get a hold of her. Okay. Um, so I'm, I'm just kind of waiting because then I find out that her dad said, oh, she stole money from me and she stole this from me. So, you know, I'm, I'm just thinking, you know, he's just, he's just had me thinking that she, you know, she's just off, you know, on a whim. Okay. But then a day later, I'm, I still can't get a hold of her. Um, so then I, you know, I, I had to work. So I, I told my daughter, I said, look, can you go out by your dad's house and see if your sister's there? You know, cause the service, the service stuff. Right. Um, and then I had asked her brother to go out there and do the same thing. Well, you know, day would come. Well, I know I didn't make it out there. Well, can you, you know, make it out there, you know? Um, and so, you know, th that was that case. And then come up, come you know, the week just flew by, I guess, and nobody, I think maybe Jeffy had finally made it out there and said that her dad said that she, she might have been by there because there's a light on in her room or something. Um, so there was no definite answer as to whether anybody had seen her. So come that weekend, I told my daughter, I said, look, I said, I haven't talked to your sister in a freaking week. I said, I still can't get a hold of her. I said, something's wrong. I said, you need to go tell your dad to make a police report. Okay, because then that's when that's kind of when after I found out about what had happened that night. So I'm thinking, okay, yeah, something's wrong. Right. Something's wrong. And, I, you know, a week, it seems like a long time. But, you know, for family, you know, you drive by. And it, it, it goes by fast. Like you said, people are working, doing things. Oh, I forgot to drive by. I can see how a week would go by for you guys, not for her father, who she was staying with and should have known by now something was wrong. And I'm <laughs> sure he did because he was there at that incident and he knew how upset Andrelo was he himself said he followed Andrelo inside the house when he went in without permission and he's looming over his daughter and Camry's got her hands up like he's going to hit her so he knew he meant business it, so obviously it wasn't common for you not to hear from your daughter for a week is that what you're saying you talk to her regularly I tell you I talk to her regularly 
I mean, okay. and then maybe maybe not every day, but it wasn't it wasn't a week that right. we didn't talk. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I tried to talk to my kids on a daily basis so I can make sure that they're okay. Right. Exactly. I gotcha. Even during that week, you were contacting multiple people to see, you know, let's find where she is. Um, yeah. So you tell then you tell her father she needs to. Um, he needs to make a report. So he makes the report, and this is one week later. Tell me when you first learned about um, her vehicle. Uh, being found? Yeah. How did you hear about it, and from who? Um, I, I'm the one that went and called the police and went to her vehicle. I heard about it from a um, on Facebook because the night that I, cause I went up, the day after Labor Day, I went up to Lake City to stay with my daughter because I was going to go find my daughter mm-hmm. because her dad, I told him, I told my daughter to tell him, look, okay, tell your dad he needs to find her. He knows, he knows, he knows the realm that she's in, you know, because he's in it with her. I said, he needs to go and look at for his house and everybody else's house. He needs to go find her. And not one time did he go down the road lived on to go look at his house. And that just so happened to be the freaking road that her car was found on. She's referring to Andrelo's uncle here. So clearly it was known when this incident occurred that Camry knew the uncle and was associated with him as well as Andrelo. If Camry's mother is urging her father to go to this house and ask about her daughter. The fact that her father didn't check into that, yet he clearly IDs him as being at the house with Andrelo that night, seems probative. lived on the same road that her car was found on. I don't know what they call it. I think they call it um, Inroad. They call it Inroad. Over there? Yeah, it's 184th, but then it goes into another road. And he had multiple family members, Andrelo did, lived, that lived on that road. Uh, the, he lived there with his cousin and Heather. When she um, went missing, that was the house that they stayed in. Okay, I know exactly what you're talking about. All right, so there's a report in here about the car being found. And there are three witnesses um, that the report says are related told me that he is related to Andrelo. He's his cousin. Okay. But if he's related to Andrelo, then the three witnesses talking about the condition of her car are all into question now because we've got people related to the possible perpetrator giving us information about the vehicle. He stated that he had seen a car on 184th that matched the description. Um, And then he says... He believed that the car was driven into the water to make a fraudulent insurance claim. Um, And then he says he needs to call his cousin. He was in the drug arena there, too. Um, Where he lives is right by where the car was found. So um, that whole whole statement is troubling to me because, you know, if this is Andrelo's cousin calling... I mean, being the first person to tell anyone where the car is. Um, And then they're saying, what they said is that, so there's three different people all related, the report says, it doesn't say how they're related, um, that saw the car and they saw it nosed into the water. At one point, they um, saw the trunk open. And another point, it was moved a little bit. And uh, one of these people, uh, witnesses, said that um, late at night they heard, people around the car or something. So these are this, that's basically all we know about the car is that these people gave these statements. But what stood out to me was this saying he thought the car was driven into the water to make a fraudulent insurance claim. Because that sounds a lot to me like someone trying to set up a, a story right. about how the car got there. Yeah, yeah. right, right. Yeah, and, and, de- and deflect from what really happened to it. Um, 
it's your understanding that that ve- her her um her um phone was in that vehicle, right? Right on the floorboard, yeah. And it was submerged in water. Yes, ma'am. So I don't think they were able to get anything off the phone. No, um, ma'am. But they should have been able to get the records, calls, and stuff. They could they could get subpoena that from the phone company. Where you, you did know they? Another thing that really bothers me about that, and I'm mm. just going to put it out there, and then huh. I'll let you. Um, um, I had told the police about that. I said, you know, you can't can't you get her phone records? Well, you know, three days went by. I said, have you got her phone records yet? No, we haven't got them yet. So I called the phone company myself. I said, look, what's what's the holdup? My kid's missing. You have valuable information that could help us find her. They said, well, we don't we don't have a, a, a it's it's not an urgency. We don't have a subpoena or anything. So that's when I called one of the detectives back. I said, what what are y'all doing? You know, what are y'all doing? So since then, I, I assume they've gotten them. Yes. Okay. So they've got them now, and they would know. They would at least probably be able to know where it last pinged. My question is: so basically, when you when you look at a case where you've got a missing person, and then you find their vehicle, it's one of two things: they they put their vehicle there, or someone else put their vehicle there. It doesn't seem to make any sense to me that Camry put that vehicle there because she the phone was in the car. If let's say, for example, she did drive the car and accidentally drove it into the water and it stalled out. Surely, when she got out of that car, she'd take her phone, right? I mean, you know, her, and her medications that are that were still in the car. Right. Exactly. Right. So that car clearly was not put there by Camry. That car, car no. was put there by someone else, it seems. And another thing, um, I, I had I had re- reached out to the uh, uh, the Q Center, which is a um, community united efforts to for for missing people. Mm-hmm. Um, they they looked for missing people basically. They had, they had resources, you know, um, on on top of the police, whatever resources they had. But there was a lady that lived over in that area, and I didn't find this out until a while after, um, you know, this had happened. But she lived over there, and she told me that Camry's car did not. It started up on the main road before it ended up down the road where the water was. Is what she told me. Who who told you this? A lady that worked. Uh, did searches with the Q Center. And how did she learn this information? She lived in that area. So, uh, yeah. And that and it does sound like from the reports that it wasn't in the same spot. It was two different places. Like it was in one spot and then... But the reports make it sound like it was just a little bit backed up. You know, it's hard to tell. So they may have other witnesses um, that saw it in different spots on there. And then they decide to drive, someone decides to drive it into the water. I mean, that's a, you know, great way to destroy evidence. Um, You know, so that's interesting, too. Um, What is more interesting is, is I tried to get the Q Center to come in and help look because that's what they do. You know what I'm saying? Um, and Swanee County would not allow them. Hmm. Well, um, you know, FDLE has a lot of resources like that. Um, so if they needed some, if they had a specific area to search, I think that's the problem is if he, if she's somewhere, it's not right where that car is probably. And I want listeners to know if they have any information about how it got there that we'd like them to come forward. Um, so did you see how far into the water you saw the vehicle, right? How, what, how far did it look like into the water? Like how far was it? Me and my daughter, me and my daughter, um, went after. You're okay. Take your time. You don't. She Facebook messaged me that night. She said, you know, I think I know where Cammy's car is, yada, 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 down this road. I went, 
I went, I went, um, me and my daughter went, and when I seen her car, I ran all the way out in the water with her car. I went to her car, I wanted, I wanted to see if she was in there. Oh, and um, it, was, it was up to my waist. Wow, it was that far in. Yeah. Do you know when the storm came through, like, it, um, relative to when she went missing, if it, if the storm came through before she went missing, during the time it, frame? It came, through, it came through before she went missing because there were a lot of roads over there uh -huh. that were flooded. Okay. Um, a lot of roads that were flooded that, you you know, you normally could get through to get around, and, and you couldn't. Um, Live Oak was flooded bad. Um, yeah, there was a lot of roads flooded over there. So from the, from, if you're standing next to the car, how many houses are within viewing distance of the car that could see it from their house? Uh, to be honest with you, none. Okay. Because it was on, it was on the certain, on this road, you, you go, you come, you come from being a paved road, you go to a dirt road, and then you kind of go down in a valley. Mm -hmm. Not a not a deep valley, but a, a a valley, and then um, and then when you when once you come out and once you crest the top of the valley on the other side is when all the trailers start on the left hand side of the road. Okay. So, where her car was at, there was nobody because on one side was pine trees, the other side was a field where they grew a bunch of um where they grew things. Okay. Yeah, that I was curious about that. Um. Was there anything else about the vehicle that that you, this was a problem for you, or anything else that you can think of that I, you know, that we need to put out there about aside from it being, you know, obviously driven into standing water, um, and her phone still being in there? Um, right. Um, you know, the only thing that concerned me is, is I I called Swanee County and I said, look, I found my daughter's car. So they sent a they sent an officer out. Um, when he got out there, he uh, called the tow company and he said, um. He told you know got the car out of the water. He said that I was going to be responsible for it because it didn't look like there was any sign of foul play. And I said, my daughter's been missing for a week, and you don't think that there is no sign of foul play. Her phone's in the car. Those pill bottles were in the car. Now my daughter had a problem. She's not going to leave that shit behind. Right. And so I ended up having to pay to have her car towed. To her dad's house because that was the closest place to take it instead of them taking it to an impound yard. Um, and then, uh, you know, I they popped the trunk to make sure that she wasn't in the trunk. And then um, I kind of let everything go with her car. And, and I, I should have went with her car, too, just to look through her car and, and get out anything that I wanted. Um, but then the next morning, the police came and got her car from her dad's house. And her phone, he came, they came and got it from me because I had her phone um, so that they could go to see if they could get anything anything off the phone. And then they took the car, then they were taking it to Tallahassee. Okay, so the, it, the overnight it stayed at her dad's, you're saying? Yeah, okay. well, a couple hours that morning because it was like... Um, it was like three or four o'clock by the time they had, the car had gotten towed because they had, we had, they had to tow it out of the water because... Um, you know, you couldn't start it up right. and, um, we didn't know where the keys were to put it in neutral. Um, you know, anything like that either. So there no, there were no keys there? Not to my knowledge. No. Okay. Talk and another thing, when they came and got the phone from me, I said, you know, are, are y'all going to start looking for her? The guy that was there that night when we 
found her car. He told me, he said, yeah, we're going to get a, get people together in the morning and we'll start a search, start searching for her. Then the guy that came and got the phone from me, he told me, no, we're not going to look for her. She's, she's an adult. She's allowed to be missing. I said, oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And, and, and then I started myself. I, I got a bunch of people of my people together and we started looking around there for my daughter. What areas did you cover? We pretty much just covered that road, and I was really concerned about, okay, if she did get it somehow, get the car in the water, because I'm not, I didn't know, you know, everybody said what everybody said about the car. I didn't, I didn't have all that information, just that her car was found there. Right. So I'm thinking, okay, if my daughter did get out, and it was dark, okay, whatever, because she left later from her dad's, mm-hmm. did she end up in some water, A, B, if she did, did she get in over her head, um, and wasn't able to come out. Right. Um, so, yeah, we, we, were, we got some, um, went looking through the trees for her. We had some people that had diving equipment that were diving for her, and um, we were just trying to find her. Yeah. There is not a lot that gets me more motivated to help police try to get new information from the public on a case than hearing the pain in the voice of a mother as she does her best to keep it together while relaying the painful details of what she knows about her missing or deceased child. Most of us will never know the pain of a mother who has lost her child to murder, or the strength that it takes to repeatedly talk about a traumatic event like this, because it's the only thing that she has it within her control to do, to help get justice for her child. Mothers like Stephanie Warden are why I do this. Daughters like her daughter, Camry, and Heather McCrossan, and Yvonne Belcher, who you're going to hear about next, those daughters are why I do this too. Women whose stories aren't the perfect stories of the perfect victim that media tends to gravitate toward, rather than covering the real-life, human, messy, complicated stories that involve aspects that some people believe make them less a victim. That's just not the case, because life is messy. Humans are messy. We're all a mess in varying degrees, and nobody deserves to be killed or blamed as a victim, simply because the story of their life doesn't fit into some cookie-cutter idea of what a true victim is. All homicide victims are true victims. I'm wondering if he didn't get knocked the fuck out out there at his fucking truck, and then she got took. Well, that's another possibility. We don't know what happened at that truck. That's absolutely right. And they could have taken his money. And it could have been Andrelo out there to, could have taken his money and and um, knocked him out. It could absolutely. And he said that they were using drugs, him and Camry, before she went missing. He didn't say that in the first report. He said it in another one. Um, so who knows? That's the problem. We can't take his story at face value from that moment on. Um, he has been consistent with the part about passing out. At that, at that time. I tend to agree with her. It's certainly possible that Andrelo could have come back around that time, and that could be where Camry was taken from. She may never have even had a chance to leave the house before Andrelo came back. Do you remember what Camry's dad said to Andrelo that night as he and his boys left and Camry was on the phone to 911? Her father said, it looks like the law will be handling this anyway. Andrelo's response It won't make it that far. It didn't, in Heather's case, because their star witness went missing. 
it won't make it that far was one of the last things that Andrelo said before he left Camry's father's property that night. The night that Camry went missing. Now remember that silver car that we stuck a pin in last episode? The one that Camry's dad said pulled into his driveway? The same car that ran another vehicle off the road as it exited Mr. Mitchell's driveway? Well, we have another witness that mentioned a silver vehicle. And I would consider this the most detailed and significant piece of information in the police report that I received from Suwannee County. So I'm going to highlight it here in the hopes of getting police some new tips. Around 1.30 in the morning on August 26th, so we're talking about three hours or so after he had been at Camry's father's house, he used his girlfriend's cell phone to call an associate. He tells this associate he has two girls to have fun with and we need to go take care of them due to some money owed. He instructs this associate to call another associate and ride with him. So these associates leave a residence around 2.15 a.m. in that silver Grand Prix, and Andrelo instructs them to go to Fort White on 47 South, take a ride after the light, go around the curve until you see the basketball courts. Take a right there, and you'll see me on the side of the road, he tells them. One can only wonder what Andre Witcher was up to on the side of the road in Fort White in the wee hours of the morning. But I tell you what, nothing good's happening with these three skulking around in the dark. Particularly since the two associates did not arrive back to the residence until about 3 p.m. the next day. But it's their appearance that's cause for concern. Both had mud so thick up to just below their knees that it covered up the blue jeans color. The mud was dark-colored, like pond muck. One was seen hosing off his pants and boots in the front yard. The other took off his boots and went inside the residence. So maybe what we need to know is what Andrelo Witcher was doing in Fort White that night. How did he get there? And was he there with anyone between the time he left Camry's dad's house and this call that he made on his girlfriend's phone? These directions lead to a small neighborhood south of Fort White, which itself is a tiny, less than three square mile dot on the map. Somebody knows what Andrela was doing near Fort White on foot after two in the morning on August 26, 2012, the night that Camry Mitchell was last seen. According to his call to those associates, whatever they were about to do involved some girls who owed some money. Perhaps not so coincidentally, a couple girls had just been allowed into his home by his girlfriend's children and taken some pills that he thought to be his, and or money, and possibly a necklace, if you believe the girlfriend. Although, again, Andrelo never mentioned either. He was concerned about those pills. As a drug dealer, those pills were money to Andrelo Witcher. You know, there is something to be said about the type of person who drags other people into their drama. The type of person who has others do the dirty work for them. The type of person who exploits someone else's weaknesses to pad their own pockets. Andrelo Witcher did those things over and over. He used women for the money that he could get out of them, and he used men for the muscle he needed to get what he wanted. 
Somebody sent me a picture of Heather and what's her name with my picture in the middle with some crap saying, um, I'm free, karma coming soon. I said, you know what, man, whatever. If you have any information about the disappearance of Camry Mitchell, please contact the Suwannee County Sheriff's Department at 386-362-2222. If you'd like to get in touch with me, you can email me at deckerjenny at gmail.com. That's D-E-C-K-E-R-J-E-N-I at gmail.com. Or you can message me through the Down and Away Facebook page. In the next episode, I will introduce you to yet another missing woman with ties to Andrea Witcher. Stay tuned.